Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Hello, friends, you beautiful people of the internet, and welcome to another episode of the Rotor World Football Podcast. Some call it, I don't know who they are, but I just think they're wonderful people. Some call it the most important podcast in the universe. My name is Josh Norris. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for joining me on Rotor World Live, which is each and every Sunday at noon Eastern. Um, we are a kickoff show. We're a pregame show. We answer your important fantasy questions. We try to help you win the day while previewing matchups and overall games. It's me, Rich, Ray, Pat, and Evan. That's on RotoWorld's YouTube page. Go and subscribe and find it wherever you use YouTube, I guess. Um, also, if you enjoy this podcast for any moment, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Yes, you out there, my friend. Um, we have another episode on Thursday and another episode on Friday. Friday's a little bit better than Thursdays, but I think they're all just fantastic. <laughs> um, speaking of great episodes, uh, it's time to bring on Ray Sumlin. Ray, I feel like since it is week 11, that the Tuesday episode should now be dedicated to Aston Villa. I Yeah, for that, I mean, a barnstorming 3-0 win over Derby County. I mean, that's in, in a way. So that's, I mean, it's a big deal climbing the table up to 11th. Just, I believe, seven points now off automatic promotion. I'm, I'm feeling team playing amazing. New manager mm-hmm. just has me, has me all up in my good feelings. Yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling this thing. It's this weird thing that Villa fans don't normally have. It's called, it's called hope. I'm feeling it. How about you? And, and an attacking style of play. It's interesting. You know, I've, I've been kind of far removed from any Panthers fandom that I have. I mean, I used to be upset if they won or lost when I was 16 years old, up until like a Wednesday of that week. Yeah. Um, but now, Ray, with Villa, it's kind of at that level, you know, and and it's it's cool to feel that way. Like, I, I don't make fun of fans because that's not the right thing to do. But I do think we kind of take sports too seriously at times. Like, it's not a uh, thing that's going to impact our day or shouldn't. But I, I kind of am there with Aston Villa. So it's, it's, it's fun to feel that way. Fun to feel young again, Ray, because I'm such an old 30 year old man. Um, yeah, I lost I've lost that with the Titans, too. I have it to some degree still with with. The other sports, the Rockets, the Astros, Penn State. Although they, they every October they they luck. manage to lose <laughs> two games in a row and make me not care anymore. So right. so good good on them. But the uh, yeah, but it's it's nice to have. I, I think that I think we've had this conversation before. I think Villa is my is my number one fandom. 
which yeah, is which a it definitely really is for weird me weird thing that two American guys really love an English championship squad. What a weird thing. Yes. And one that isn't even the top level of English football. So um, <laughs> it's always interesting when I explain it to people. Anyways, now's not the time. Now, now's the time to get into your waiver column because it's up on Roto World right now. Uh, you know, we're making the home stretch here. You know, it's week 11. Then we have week 12, week 13, and most playoffs start in week 14. Um, so, Ray, let's add some important players to people's rosters. And first, we start with Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny is a first-round pick last April for the Seattle Seahawks. We know that Chris Carson has been hurt and been out. And many of us, you know, expected Mike Davis to fill that role, and he kind of did. But now we've seen Rashad Penny in his snaps, at least this past Sunday, be very effective. Yeah, he broke out. And that's actually basically what, what Pete Carroll said. Pete Carroll said on Monday that Penny finally looked like the player we thought we were getting whenever we drafted him, which is high praise because they spent a first-round pick on him, which tells you everything they they thought about, about the player. The problem we have with Penny is how much work is he actually going to get here? It, it had been a pretty established backfield featuring Carson and Davis when both were healthy for a couple weeks prior to this. Carson obviously misses this last game, which opens up the opportunity for Penny to you know, run for 108 yards and a touchdown on 12 carries. But Carson's going to be back on Thursday. At least that's what Pete Carroll says. You take all Pete Carroll injury updates with the largest grain of salt possible. But Pete Carroll said he's going to be back on Thursday against the Packers. Mike Davis didn't disappear, even with Penny kind of breaking out. In fact, Mike Davis played more snaps than the rookie. And so you look at that situation, you go, they have three running backs. They're one of the most run-heavy teams in the league. But even even then, they're not going to be able to support three fantasy running backs. So I, I don't really know how the situation is going to work out. There is a part of me that believes that even despite all of this bluster about, oh, it's all about competition, it's all a meritocracy, the, the best player is going to play, they have to be chomping at the bit to prove that their first-round pick wasn't a bust, it wasn't a mistake. And now that Penny has given them that window, there's a part of me, and obviously this is all narrative street and this is all conjecture, but it makes me think that they're going to take advantage of that and they're going to actually see what he can do. So that gives me some hope that maybe he can emerge out of this. But there's also a possibility that this is just a three-way backfield timeshare that no value comes out of. So I'm, I'm really not going to go out and spend a high waiver priority on him. I do think he's the number one ad at running back this week. But I'm not going to go crazy because I don't know how this is going to work out. But they have a pretty good schedule in the playoffs. So if he's able to come out and really take hold of this running game, this rushing attack that's been good. There's there's quite a bit upside here for Rashad Penny. Yeah. First of all, we need to say that we don't trust a single thing that Pete Carroll says. Yes, obviously. That that should be a given for any Pete Carroll quote ever at rotorworld.com. Like we should make a we should make like a, a tag a that banner at all times that's up at the top yeah. of the site that says do not trust Pete Carroll and what he says about his football players. Anytime the word Pete Carroll shows up on our site, there should be like an there should be an addendum at the bottom of the page. Yes. Uh, but two, we also know that Seattle loves to run the football, right? And I would, I joked with you before the podcast, like I wouldn't be surprised if, if his ultimate fantasy is to give 20 carries to Chris Carson <laughs> and 20 carries to Rashad Penny. Um, Char- yeah, Schottenheimer Car- or uh, Carroll, which one? Who's both, fantasy? both. I mean, it's just a, a fantasy that they share together, but yeah, I mean, look, Carson hasn't been healthy and that's important. And I think they also love how Chris Carson runs the football they have yeah. for years. Um, I think if he's healthy, 
he's still their best bet, but he's not as much of a big play threat as Rashad Penny is. But the other part of this, Ray, is Rashad Penny, it was clear he was not in shape to start the season. You know, yep. maybe, maybe he is at this point, right? But it looked like he was heavy earlier in the year. And it, that's, he still that's looked kind of heavy. Right. He and and that, that's, heavy. that's from a player that was an ultimate big play threat um, in college. And that's kind of what's his style of game, especially in kick returns. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not a person to call any other human being heavy. Um, so I'm not gonna go that route. But I he he doesn't look back to his college self, we should say, even now. But I mean, look what he was able to do. Maybe, maybe he doesn't need to be that. So I yeah, I'm I'm really torn on this one. I like I said, I think he should be the number one running back because I do think that upside is there with how well that offense has been able to run the football with with what their schedule is in the playoffs, especially. But I mean, there's a lot of risk associated with this. And I just kind of want to, that's kind of what I want to say. Don't, don't go crazy with this unless you're just absolutely desperate to chase the upside. Ray, someone else that maybe the people shouldn't listen to us about uh, in fairness of Pete Carroll is Rex Burkhead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. hundred percent. That should be the, other, the second. Moment. The second addendum added to any name in Rotor World. We need to start talking to people about this. Is Rex Burkhead. Um, with that said, Rex Burkhead might be making his way back into the lineup for the <laughs> New England Patriots. Sonny Michelle is sure. ailing. Sonny Michelle is good at football, in my opinion, but he's still not the big play threat that he was in college because of injuries that have slowed him down all throughout his rookie season. I don't, I don't even know how to handle Rex Burkhead moving forward, Ray, so help us out here. Well, I'll tell you two things. First, he's not even eligible to return until week 13. So if you're a team that's chasing a playoff berth, he's probably not going to help you get there because even if he's active, activated when first eligible, which I guess he would have to be at this point because they've opened the 21-day window. So he's going to be activated then. But even so, I, I'm not sure you're going to feel comfortable putting him in the lineup unless something were to happen to Sony Michelle between now and then. And the second thing is, I mean, the role he's going to step into, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a fantasy viable role. I know that Michelle struggled a bit against the Titans, but he had been good before that. James White is obviously going to do James White things. So I don't even know how big of a role is available there to, to him. So I look at both those things. And I, I really struggle to get excited about it. What I will say is we know about Sony Michelle's injury history, even this year, we know that he's kind of been struggling with that. So it's not, it's not unthinkable that something were to happen to Michelle over the next couple of weeks. And, and Rex Burkhead can come back if Michelle continues to struggle. Burkhead can come back and really get put in the starting lineup for one of the best fantasy situations in football for running backs, which is the New England Patriots backfield. So, yeah, I think that there's upside there. I think that if you have an open bench spot and you're, especially if you're playoff bound already, it makes sense to add him and stash him and see what happens. But again, I think there are better options out there on the wire. Let's keep it moving with, I guess, Ty Montgomery, Ray. We haven't seen Ty Montgomery in a Ravens uniform, have we? Yes, we have. No. We have not. No, he did, he was inactive in that game. Okay. Will he be active moving forward? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I, I actually went looking for it today. We occurred on Monday. I went looking for it to make sure I wasn't crazy and expecting he would be active. And the reporters seem to think he will be. John Harbaugh didn't say anything about it. On Monday, but it doesn't make sense that they would trade for a back and then have a bye week and then not make him active. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to take on 
if not all, most of that Javoris Allen role, which hasn't been worth much lately because Javoris Allen hasn't been very good this season, but it was netting Allen about 30% of the carries and 10% of the targets early in the season, as along with you know quite a bit of red zone work. I'm not sure about the red zone work, but I think Montgomery could take on a lot of that, those other, those carries, a lot of those targets. And another team, you know, I talked about Seattle's schedule. Another team that has a really nice schedule the rest of the way is the Baltimore Ravens. Starting this week, they play the Bengals, the Raiders, the Falcons, the Chiefs, the Bucks, and the Chargers over the next six games, especially those first five games. I mean, those are all top 10 uh, defenses to attack for running backs. They're all bottom 10 in points allowed, I suppose would be the way to say that. So there's a, there's a big time upside here in a role that we know can produce fantasy dividends. We've seen our, seen it already with an inferior player in Allen. If Montgomery comes in and takes that role, I think there's they think there's some upside here. Before we get to another running back that might have a role that is growing, uh, let's talk about Draft.com. Draft.com is great. Draft.com is unlike any DFS platform you use out there because instead of using a salary cap and you know everyone has the same chalk lineup and blah, 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 outside of one or two players, you know who everyone else is going to play, you draft players. That's fun because that's what you love for season long. And guess you, you can do that each and every week now on draft.com. And if you go to draft.com slash rotoworld or download the app in the app store, Google Play, and use promo code rotoworld, you get a free $3 entry. Free is great. Free is them giving you experiences. Let's put it that way. And again, you can use that $3 entry for a six person draft. I see one right here. $3 can turn into $16.20 easily. Um, drafts start every single minute as soon as they fill. So go and check out our friends over at draft.com, draft.com slash rotoworld or enter promo code rotoworld. Okay, Ray, I was referring to Josh Adams. Um, as a whole, the Eagles just cannot get it going at all uh, running the football. And that's one major difference this year compared to the 2017 Eagles. The other is they're not converting third and long situations at a historic pace like they were last year. But what have you seen from Josh Adams and what do you think of his current role with the Eagles? Well, I mean, I've been aggressive on Josh Adams now for two weeks in a row. I thought that he was someone that people should pick up last week. And I mean, my my opinion of it hasn't changed. It could change if they were to add a running back. And I'm a little bit worried that CJ Anderson was just waived on Monday. And so we'll have to we'll have to see what happens there. But assuming they don't add anybody, I mean, it seems clear that Adams' role is going to continue to grow. Coach Doug Peterson said as much on Monday that they need to get him more touches. And the reason they need to get more touches is because he's the only effective member of their backfield carrying the football. He's averaged 6.25 yards per attempt over the last three games. He once again looked great against the Cowboys. I think that he is their early down back. He's the one that they need to commit to. And now that Peterson has said something to that effect, I'm pretty excited about what his role can be moving forward. You mentioned that they haven't run the football as well, but we know what the upside is here. So I am, uh, I'm excited about Adams. I'm higher than Adams and have been than most. And that probably will continue as long as, as long as they don't add anybody. But I think that this is an opportunity to, to get in early on a player that could be like a number one waiver ad in the coming weeks. Did we learn why CJ Anderson was released? I mean, if I can put on a little tinfoil cap here, Ray, I would not be surprised if he asked to be released. I, I would imagine he had to ask to be released. Right. His role, I think the statement was that his role has not been what he expected and not what we expected either. Totally. Which could either be because he hasn't been the player that they thought they were getting. Um, 
they, they maybe didn't expect him to look like Mike Tolbert. And it also could be that, I mean, Christian McCaffrey's playing like 100% of the snaps. Right, like 92% at the very least. And I don't think that maybe they expected that. So I think it's kind of a confluence of events. Right. And, you know, there, there were games where he didn't even touch the ball. And yeah, that if you're a professional football player, unless you're a backup third string quarterback, you want to touch the football, right? Unless you're Chase Daniel, you want to touch the football. So um, <laughs> I un- imagine he sees, you know, uh, running back um, situations on other teams and says, hey, I can go and maybe make an impact there. And it makes sense. It does make sense. And I don't think he was like bad when he got to touch it. It was just limited opportunities. And he's just a very different player than C.J. Anderson. And they're moving away from that type um, in terms of someone that doesn't necessarily create and win out in space. And I I have to say, you said there are other op- options. The reason I'm kind of focusing in on him going to the Eagles is because there aren't really that many other options. Go through depth charts throughout the league, which I did today when he was cut. And I was like, all right, where could he end up? And I didn't, I didn't arrive at many options where I went, oh yeah, they, they kind of need a running back. Like it's, it's weird. There's, there's basically one and it's basically the okay. Eagles. Well, maybe that's the marriage that will happen. Uh, Ray, let's keep it going with Anthony Miller. The bears this past April traded up to select Anthony Miller. They traded a future second round pick and a fourth round pick I believe select Miller at number 51 overall. We know they rehauled their wide receiver group. And in previous weeks, Ray, it was tough to pick which wide receiver is going to have a great week. Uh, This past weekend, we saw um, Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller both have great games. Uh, We know he does most of his damage in the slot, correct? And so how is that going to um, play out moving forward? Well, I think you have to take the big game and kind of put it aside because they were playing Detroit and Detroit's, I mean, just a, just a dumpster fire at this point. But Anthony Miller was on the ad list last week as well. And the reason he's been on the ad list is because his usage has been very promising over the last month. Since week seven, he's been targeted at least six times in every game. He's seen 25% of Chicago's air yards. And you say, all right, well, a couple of those games without Allen Robinson, but even with Allen Robinson back against Detroit, Miller was a target on 20% of Mitchell Trubisky's attempts. I think that he's a talented player. He's kind of been inefficient early in his career, but I mean, he's a rookie. It's kind of making a pretty big jump in competition. That's, that's understandable, but I think he's talented. We kind of saw his playmaking ability on display against the lions and this passing attack is on the way up. I mean, I, Mitch Trubisky put up probably better numbers against Tampa Bay, but that game against Detroit, and I don't know if you had a chance to see it yet. That was, in my opinion, his best game of the season. And it was some of the throws he was making, I I didn't know it was Mitchell Trubisky. It was certainly a departure from what we've seen from a couple of the other times that he's kind of struggled this year. So if that continues, we know Matt Nagy there calling calling the shots. If Miller's the number two wide receiver, which is what he looks like right now behind Allen Robinson, that's a that's a valuable position, right? Now. And let's move on to Josh Reynolds. <sighs> Ray, I know that it could take hours and hours to dig into what the Rams offense has been like without Cooper cup in the fold. Is it as simple as this? Like on the majority of snaps that the team is going to run, that means Robert Woods will now move into the slot where Cooper cup went and Josh Reynolds will now play on the outside. I seem to recall that's how it, how it went uh, before. I, I don't really look at deployment as much as I care about usage. I, I think that we put way too much into where people play and we put way too much into who they're going against cornerbacks, but that's a story for another day. But so I'm more looking at usage. And when I look at what happened when Cooper cup was out for two games early in the season, Josh Reynolds usage was not 
particularly impressive. He had about 10.2% of Jared Goff's attempts. Uh, But if you look at that kind of second game when he kind of settled in, he got three passes, 42 yards, and two touchdowns. I think that that could be kind of the the way it happens for him the rest of the way. It's kind of up and down. I will say it's not like either Woods or Brandon Cook saw a real big bump in their targets over those two games. But again, it was just two games, so it's it's hard to really know. But I think that Reynolds is probably going to be an up and down player the rest of the way. He's going to get targets some games. And because of that offense, those targets are probably going to result in value. Other games you won't. I know that you're going to bring up Gerald Everett. I, and I, you I, know what? I was actually planning not to this time. Well, I I think that it's a fair point, and I think that there's a chance that now that there's a chance that now that Cup's not out for a couple of weeks, but out for the season, they're going to try to figure out what they're going to do with that spot and with those targets that are now opened up. You know, they could always get Todd Gurley more involved in the passing game, so there are options there. I am not going to run out and spend a lot of fab dollars on Josh Reynolds because I think we've seen we've seen those two games tell us that there's a reasonable chance that he's he's up and down and not really a trustworthy fantasy option. But I am obviously, you have to look at this situation and say, there's upside here. If I have a spot on my roster, I'd like him to be in that bench spot. Any deep cuts, Ray? Or should we, before I get to that, interject here and mention Johnny Smith? Uh, I I guess I was the one that brought up his name just because he has a touchdown in back-to-back games. I know the volume isn't there. I think three targets are his highest this Mm -hmm. season. But it seems like he's certainly a focus for them in the red zone and the end zone. And that matters for tight ends. Well, I mean, he's been playing consistently since Delaney Walker went down around 75% of the snaps. And he, he seems to see two or three targets every week, but never more than that. It's either two or three targets early in the season. He wasn't doing anything with him. He was dropping a lot of them. The last couple games, he seemed to kind of rectify that. And you mentioned it. He's been used in the red zone. He has two touchdowns. They were from, I believe seven and four yards over the last two games. So there's something there. And I will say, I mean, if you're desperate this week, it's not a good week for streamers. They get to play the Colts. The Colts are certainly a, a matchup you you like for opposing tight ends. We saw what Jameis Shaughnessy was able to do against them last week. It wasn't a big game, but it was a fine game, which came from James O'Shaughnessy. Marcus Mariota is playing better. The Titans are playing better. Uh, yeah, I think if you're desperate, there's something there. But you're right that, I mean... The volume is not not anything you're going to you're going to write home about. And there's another guy that's available in in almost as many leagues as John U. Smith. He's available in 96% of Yahoo leagues, and that's Jeff Hireman. And I would I would much rather take a shot on him. We've seen the volume pretty consistently from him. He, like John U. Smith, he wasn't doing anything with it, but we've seen the volume consistently from him. If you want to talk about red zone usage, I mean he's pretty much dominated targets inside the 10-yard line for Denver. Eight of Case Keenum's 21 attempts inside the 10 have gone to Jeff Hireman. So if you want to if you want to get like good volume and red zone usage, then I think Hireman would be the guy that you go for over Johnny. Any other deep cuts? Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of interesting wide receivers. Uh, you know, we have the Titans, we're sticking with the Titans. They you know, they really have had trouble finding that number two wide receiver. Taewon Taylor, unfortunately, is hurt and was struggling prior to that injury. Tajay Sharp's really not that impressive a player. There's a room behind Corey Davis, and it looks like Cameron Baston is kind of stepping into it. So he's a name to keep an eye on. Nothing much went to script in the Bills-Jets game. So in the context of that game, I suppose it's not that surprising that Robert Foster went for 105 yards on three catches. But, I mean, you at least have to sit up and take take notice with that. I will say that he's played some games with Josh Allen already this season, and he only caught two of his nine targets from Josh Allen. So 
maybe maybe there's not really that much there. And then, I mean, I have to mention Keith Kirkwood, who I do you know anything about Keith Kirkwood? No. You know what's funny, and uh, I'm this isn't me trashing my um, how much I work, you know, but sure. it, it's it's always amazing to me. I mean, I study 300, 400 prospects each draft, you know, Shrine Game, yeah. Senior Bowl guys. And it's always amazing to me that the NFL pulls them out of nowhere and ones I've never even heard of, like either going through, you know, three Sigma athlete profiles, any combine guys, anything like that. Darren Arnold was one and whoever you did, Kirkwood. I mean, these are like, I truly believe like these moments are matrix moments or <laughs> computer generated players and Madden just to fill out rosters. Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't know anything about him, but he shows up, catches two passes for 45 yards. We know that they need help outside. Uh, Traquan Smith hasn't been that answer. I know, just keep an eye on it, especially if you're in, in super deep leagues. Dan Arnold's another one. Yeah, I, That guy kind of looks like a player, doesn't he? The other way to end this podcast is a little tease. A little tease here, Ray. Uh, Roto World has a, a little announcement in the coming days that you all might want to check out. I think on Wednesday... It might be coming up. I'm not going to mention anything more about it, but you know, maybe go to the website rotorworld.com on Wednesdays and you could see something. Oh, no, before we go, before we go, I have to give a shout out to Bennett. Oh, yeah. My man, Bennett. I mean, look, Ray, we do this podcast. It it's listened to like tens of thousands of people, right? Which is great. <laughs> and it's it's wonderful. And it's it's yeah. it's mildly successful. Some might say the numbers might say the most successful podcast at NBC sports entirely. You know, I'm, I'm not going to brag about that, but some, the numbers might point to that. Um, but what is the coolest thing that has happened is a listener sending a video of his son, listening to the intro music to this very song, to this very episode 13 times in a day and dancing and smiling to it. Ray, didn't you think that it was like warming your heart a little bit? Yeah. It, it replaced, I didn't have to watch as many puppy videos on Monday when I saw it. You, you didn't have to watch videos of veterans coming home and their dogs going crazy. You didn't or have people to, seeing color for the first time with right, those or, traumatic or like, glasses. Or pregnancy announcements, any of that. From now on, yeah. we're just going to turn on this little clip, this eight second clip of Bennett dancing and smiling, and it's going to brighten your day. So to you, Bennett, thank you so much, my man, and enjoy the song for eternity and talk to y'all soon. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.